Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, and filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I am a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. I want to thank each and every person who is tuning in today, wherever you might find yourself. A couple of things before we get started on this episode. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might get something from it and really enjoy it. And we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would be honored to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so we will get to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, Jessica, how was your week and what's going on in Jessica land? I feel like I've had a pretty good week. Um, Yeah, thanks for asking. I think I feel like it culminated in like this this morning, a lovely Saturday morning, uh, just having the time to have a slow start to the day and getting out to try out a new coffee shop with my husband and just having some good rich conversation. And, uh, uh, so this coffee shop is located at an outdoor mall and it was early enough that the stores weren't quite open yet. And so I just went for a walk in the sunshine and they have outdoor music, which is, I think it's mm. quite typical for outdoor malls. And the song started and I thought, wait, this is transporting me. Where am I going? And it was, um, <laughs> the song that's at the start of the movie, um, while you were sleeping with Sandra Bullock. And that's just such a heartwarming every Christmas I have to yes. watch that movie. And so I just felt like we're kind of like dancing and just, um, I don't know, having just a, a delightful start to the day. So, um, it's just fun when those little moments of delight that you don't expect kind of shine their way in and bring a little spark of joy. Oh, I love that. Unexpected moments of delight. Also, yes. that's a wonderful movie. That's one of my <laughs> favorite Sandra Bullock movies. <laughs> you love, gotta love all the, the wit and the dialogue. It's, yes. it's classic. Yes. So good. Um, it was a pretty good week for me uh, over here as well. Very full. Um, I have a pretty irregular schedule. And so some weeks it's just like all of my work days and fun social things decide to congregate and just happen in the span of a few days rather than spreading over a couple of weeks. And so midweek, I was supposed to meet a friend of mine and get some food and go to what I thought was just like a little movie pre-screening that I had been lucky enough to get a couple of tickets to. But at this point in my week, I was dead tired. Um, I hadn't gotten much sleep the past few nights and just had a lot of strings that needed tying up before the end of the week. And so I headed over to meet her and I was really trying to get some pep in my step. And so we get to where the movie is and it turns out it's the world premiere of it. And I genuinely had no idea 
The actors are there. There's screaming fans everywhere, bright lights. And we just look at each other and we're both like just dressed in jeans and like a jacket. (laughs) We're so underdressed. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the movie was a lot of fun. Um, The actors actually sat in there and watched it with the audience, which is that's fun. Yeah. And the audience was really active and they would scream and they would laugh. And it was just a really fun movie going experience. And I had walked in there, just totally drained my toes, wanting instead to just take a nap and reschedule it for tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, So all that to say, if you are feeling like you have no energy and you're tempted to say, forget it to something that you had planned, it might be worth it to push through the tiredness and say, I'm going to go have fun because you might end up having a better time than you, than you anticipated. That's a great, I feel like we both have this theme of like unexpected delight. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, that, that was not planned by the way. How cool. No, no, we didn't <laughs> even rehearse that before. <laughs> we both just had unexpected delight. Um, all right. So let's move on to our letter for today. It covers a subject of wondering if you have chosen the right path in life. Dear Wallflower, I am a 29-year-old woman living in a major city. I was raised with the idea that women ought to pursue anything and everything, and that I could achieve great, fulfilling things if I set my sights high. So I went to school, hustled, worked hard, got my PhD, and I recently landed the job of my dreams, what I've been working all my life for. I'm happy with what what I've accomplished, And I do believe that women are capable of great things. I love being self-sufficient and making money, but there's this tiny part of me that wants to run away and live in a beautiful little house in a small, quiet town with a family of my own. Just live a slower, simpler life with a husband and kids. I feel bad even admitting that given all the work I've already put in towards one future and all the voices telling me I shouldn't get distracted. But I can't get rid of the nagging feeling that I'm missing out on a life that I would love. Am I bad for feeling like this? What should I do with these feelings? Sincerely, pondering professionally. Jessica, what are your thoughts for our professional ponderer? My initial thoughts are that this letter sounds like me in so many ways. Um, Well, I guess apart from actually having the degree in hand and landing that dream job, um, which is fantastic, you know, way to go for pondering professionally. Um, So I can definitely relate, uh, but more on that soon. Uh, First things first, you are in no way bad for feeling like this. In fact, I think it is both natural and good to feel these desires and to have these ponderings. I think it is so natural and so good to want a family and what a gift to be able to desire to live a slower, simpler life that is refreshing and countercultural in our world today. I will also say you don't necessarily have to choose one path to stick to forever. Uh, You may have some seasons end and others begin over the course of life. In fact, I think that even our dreams can change over time and that's okay. I think when we think of our younger selves dreaming of something and that we've spent so much time building towards something, it can be hard to let that thing go. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's also, it's good to give ourselves permission to be open to that change. If it's a good and right change. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, I think we certainly want to take care on making large shifts in life. I imagine it goes without saying, but don't take the notion of switching to a very different lifestyle lightly. (laughs) 
The way Pondering Professionally states her thoughts about having, quote, a husband and kids makes me think that she is likely not married at present. Uh, With that in mind, I take her as saying that what she finds herself desiring is something a bit more general or abstract or in the future. But even so, she could be in a relationship right now or could see there being a very real, tangible opportunity for this to become a reality in somewhat short span of time. Mm. So I want to give thoughtful advice that can be applied whatever her specific circumstances happen to be. I can definitely relate to this notion of asking, what if I'm missing out on something I'd enjoy more than what I'm doing now? As I work on finishing up my dissertation and preparing to defend, I can't help but wonder what sort of job opportunities might open up to me, You know, which opportunities I would actually enjoy, and whether I wouldn't just rather set it all aside and do something completely different, like mm. food blog for the, <laughs> for the rest of my life, um, <laughs> or maybe something else entirely different. Um, what what I have been able to put into words recently is this notion that I feel warring desires within me. And it sounds like our friend here feels the same way. She's achieved so much and worked so hard. And it sounds like she may love what she's doing right now. Mm-hmm. And yet there is something she says is nagging at her. I imagine that what she has in mind on either side are a set of somewhat exclusive circumstances, meaning she cannot have it all. Hmm. That that can be a difficult truth to reckon with. Uh, these these warring desires can show us good things on either side, but we know in our hearts that we can't have both. We know that at some point we will have to make a choice. Moreover, that choice will likely cause some stress as there may be voices offering either imagined or very real commentary on the possible change of path. Like she notes that there, there might be these external voices saying, don't get distracted, you know, stay on your path. So depending on our personalities, each of us may feel stress more from either external or internal sources, or maybe both to different, different levels. So maybe those voices on the outside are saying, or we're saying to ourselves, what will, what will others think, you know, or for the inside, for those of us who have that more internal voice, you know, what we might think of ourselves, that, that notion of the internal critic. Mm. So at the, um, at this point, It doesn't sound like the choice is necessarily urgent for our friend, but it does sound like the thoughts are present regularly. So what should pondering professionally do with these feelings? I have uh, three particular suggestions. Uh, First, I would say if she is a person of faith, then, oh my goodness, begin (laughs) with prayer. Begin with prayer. Mm -hmm. Surrender these thoughts in prayer to God, seeking guidance. Our good father gives us good gifts. He also gives us good desires. And while he doesn't always fulfill every desire that we have, he does promise to give us wisdom when we ask for it. Mm. Seeking wisdom and opening our hands with these circumstances can enable us more clearly to discern why we may be feeling the desires that we're feeling. Next, I would say seek wisdom from others who have walked similar paths, either professionally or personally. And if you can find anyone who fits this description, preferably someone who has walked both of those paths. I have a wonderful trusted mentor friend who has walked beside me faithfully in some very formative years of my own educational journey. And she is someone I deeply trust and immensely respect and look up to. She is to me, 
I would say a vision of what's possible. Hmm. So not to say that my life will or ought to look like hers does or has, um, but she is someone who has been in similar situations in which I either do find myself or maybe could find myself. And she has terrific insight and support to offer to someone like me a decade or so behind her on the journey. If you don't yet have a trusted individual, seek someone out. Look around in your profession, in your church, and your community. Ask others you trust for recommendations. And then be willing to ask for a bit of someone's time. Hmm. In my experience, those who have wisdom to share are delighted to pour into those earlier on their own pack, um, in their own walks of life. And then finally, I know I've already recommended this in a past episode, but I can expand a bit more here. Um, it, it feels so fitting for pondering professionally. I highly recommend listening to or reading Emily P. Freeman's book, The Next mm. Right Thing. Mm-hmm. The focus is on decision-making and it can be applied to all things in life, whether big or small, urgent and immediate, or far off in the future, even simply possibilities that we might be pondering. Through her own life stories and insightful application, Emily helps her readers to understand what is going on in their own hearts and minds and lives. It gives them the tools that they need to, as she says, discern your next right thing in love. I don't think that we should shun or be ashamed of good desires, like what our friend is experiencing. Mm -hmm. What we ought to do is explore why they may be rising up. Is this a deep longing that is growing within us, coming to bud and hoping one day to bloom? Or might there be some, quote, desires that come up simply because we feel others expect it or it's what people do and so forth? Taking the time and effort to explore the deeper roots of these desires can help you to make peace with them, even if it's not yet time to take particular action, while also perhaps feeling more prepared to take action in the future if a time of potential transition does present itself. I want to say here in closing something very important for pondering professionally and even for all of us to hear. Your work will not be wasted. I believe that nothing we ever do to prepare ourselves educationally, vocationally, and the like will ever be wasted. While we may not use our qualifications for what we had initially thought or hoped, or while we may not necessarily work our dream job for the rest of our days, These incredibly formative experiences are core to the skills and gifts that we bring to the world. They are a part of you, and I think that God will help you to use them creatively wherever you end up. So whatever may come for you, our pondering friend, I pray that you would know that your work will not be wasted. Your labors have not been, are not, and will not be in vain. Mm, That's such a great last point. I I definitely think that is, that's a worry that I sense from our professional ponderer that everything, every hour spent in the library studying, every test she um, prepared so thoroughly for is all just going to be for naught. That's a great last point. Um, I think there are a few important avenues to explore here. Let me first assure you, just as Jessica did, that you are not bad for having this desire for what you called a slower, simpler life. You are not bad for wanting to be married, to have a family, or to have a home in a small town. Wanting these things doesn't take away from any of your accomplishments and the fact that you're very capable. I don't think it's either or, you know, I don't think 
it's that you're either a successful, capable woman or a woman who wants a family and a home. You're allowed to want these things. They're very normal things while also having other dreams and aspirations. So first, just know that thinking I'm bad for wanting these things simply isn't true. Secondly, I will say that as someone who also lives in a big bustling city, there are many times when I want to run away too. When I just want to live on a remote farm in Colorado and enjoy that kind of beautiful, quiet life, you know, read Wendell Berry in the mornings and make my own. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like I'm talking about, I'm going to pack my bags after this, (laughs) Um, make my own bread from scratch and, you know, know my male person's name, my mailman or male woman's name. Um, And for you, especially, it sounds like you've probably been in more populated career oriented settings for a long time. You said you've been working your entire life for the job you recently got. So I can imagine that having committed that much of your time to studying hard, probably interning, paying your dues, working your way up, whichever ladder you're climbing can leave you feeling burnt out. Even if you do have a lot of love for what you do. When you live your life very heavily in one direction, it's normal to yearn for the opposite direction. That being said, I would caution our writer to stay away from falling into a grass is greener mentality. This is incredibly human, and it's especially easy to do when, as I just said before, we are living our lives very heavily in one direction. So it's easy to romanticize a life in the country with a husband and kids and make it into this fairy tale life that wouldn't exist. Being a mother, from what I understand, is both incredibly rewarding and incredibly difficult. And I think it's important to not confuse a simpler life with an easier life. From everything I gather, (laughs) being a mother is very far from easy. And I think the third point I, we need to explore here is that it's important to pay attention to our desires because we have a reason for them. They are there for a reason. Something in our life is missing or not adding up. And I don't think you should necessarily brush off these desires for motherhood in a family life. You mentioned that you believe women are capable of great things. I believe this too. And I don't think motherhood should be excluded from that list of great things that we are capable of. And another thought on motherhood. I think a lot of young women are sold this idea that as soon as you have kids, it's all over. You know, your life isn't yours. You can't pursue any dreams anymore. It's all done. But I really, truly do not think this is true. Obviously, your life isn't just yours anymore. You have your children to care for and their well-being to prioritize, but you are still your own person. You're still capable of doing other great things too. It could be helpful if you choose to move in the direction of motherhood to consider how you can still pursue things that you love because it does sound like you enjoy working. This might look like finding a way to work from home while staying in your field or even discovering a new field that you can find fulfilling and allows for a schedule that's conducive to having a family. I just want to encourage you to continue dreaming and doing things you love, 
and even finding new things that you love after becoming a mother, should you choose to do that. So here's the big question for a professional ponderer. What do you actually want? And where, if you are a person of faith, do you feel God's pleasure? And you can only answer this when you eliminate everything everyone's told you that you should want, well-meaning or not. Mm-hmm. You mentioned having been raised with the idea that women should pursue anything they want, which is a wonderful value to be raised with. But I wonder if somewhere in there and along the way, as you pursue higher education and different jobs, you got it in your head that you should want all of that, that you're supposed to want that instead of the simpler, quieter life. The reality is that every decision we make, every choice is a choice against something else. When you marry one person, you're saying no to the rest of the male population. Neither lifestyle you're looking at is inherently bad, but you have to decide which one you genuinely feel will be more fulfilling to you. And anything you choose will come with sacrifice. We have to make sacrifices in order to get anything we want on a deep, grand scale. So ask yourself, where do you really feel God's pleasure? And as Jessica said, start praying about this if you are a person of faith. And ask yourself, what do you actually want when you take every other person's opinion and even the work you've already put into on into the path that you're on out of the equation? I hope some of this was helpful. And again, I, I'm just very honored to um, speak into this, this issue that you're facing. And now it is time for our May We Suggest segment of the podcast, <laughs> where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of the episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I would like to suggest the album called Blue Flower by the Grey Havens. This is an album that we keep in the car and listen to you all the time. We yes, still have a CD. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's actually a fairly new, I forget how long it's been out. It's not super, super new, but it's also, it's not like it's a an oldie and that's why we have a, a disc, but um, you know, when you have a car that plays a CD, why not? pop one in. So, um, it's just, I feel like this is like the soundtrack of our, of our lives in the past year. So, um, it's a wonderful album with themes of hope and longing, like longing for heaven. It just feel like it's such a a wonderful way to direct our hearts and minds to that, which is eternal and unfading when we're finding ourselves in the midst of so much change and turmoil in our world right now. Um, and as serious as that might sound, it's also just a lot of fun. The album, there's such a a neat variety of songs and sounds. And, um, I just highly recommend it. A great mixture of feels, you know, in the different songs. And if you're not familiar with the gray Havens, they describe themselves as narrative pop folk, which is, I think a fun, you know, kind of conglomeration of things, which really, I think describes them well. Um, they draw upon the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis in a large way, not like necessarily in every song, but 
those familiar with their writings will catch little thematical glimpses and even in their name the gray havens that is where Mm -hmm. um the ships leave to go into the undying lands so for those tolkien nerds out there fellow tolkien (laughs) nerds unite um anyway they're very artistic and creative it's excellent music and um few of my favorite songs if you feel like listening i like i guess i do recommend just kind of listening through from front to back but mm-hmm. i love the songs paradise endless summer and tread the dawn Ooh. so give that a spin oh my goodness i'm sold that sounds <laughs> really fun I, I have a feeling a lot of people because i'm sure a good portion of our audience are both tolkien and lewis fans are going to go ahead and check them out. Um, this week, my suggestion is a wonderful stew recipe that I have spoken about before, but not yet on this podcast. Being that it is officially soup and stew season and the weather was just that little bit chillier this week, I just couldn't keep myself from suggesting it. My husband and I like to call it quarantine stew because we first came up with it right at the beginning of the pandemic when no one really knew what was going on and we were just staying home for days on end without leaving. So we were really bored with our dinners, needed something new, and we just decided to throw together a few ingredients we had to make something different. And since then, we have had this stew every single week and have not gotten tired of this recipe. That's terrific. (laughs) It's got onions and crushed tomatoes and beans, ground turkey, and we like to make it spicy too with some chili powder. I'm actually feeling like a rumble in my stomach right now just talking about it. (laughs) Um, And we always top it off with some cheese and hot sauce. And side note, after trying multiple hot sauces in this stew, we have found that Texas Pete pairs the best. And we typically eat it with some tortilla chips. So just so many good flavors and textures all in one bowl. And it's really simple to make. And we actually have the full recipe steps and all up on Wallflower Journal. And so you can find that uh, link in the description of this episode. All right, to wrap up this episode, before we go, Jessica, how can listeners get in contact with you and check out what you're up to? Sure thing. Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. If you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we always have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.